0: Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. I want give Pastor Roo and Lisa a round of applause for the work that they're doing here. Amen. I'm excited this morning. They told me they gave me some napkins that don't break on my head. Which is always a good thing. How many of you are excited to be here today? Amen. I'm excited to be here. I, I, I checked up on my team before I came in. I don't know how I'm going to preach. The Giants lost. So I'm feeling a certain way. Um, but I am excited this morning. Let's pray before I get started. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you, Lord. And, and I just ask you, Daddy, to be glorified in this house, Lord. I ask that you would speak through my mouth, that you would allow me to see what you see and hear what you hear and feel what you feel, and that you would just move in a mighty way, my dear God. Father, I I thank you for the late Dr. Miles Monroe and what he said. Prayer is earthly license for heavenly interference. So we just pray right now, my God, asking you in the name of Jesus to invade this house to continue doing what you've been doing, that I may be able to build on what Minister Andrew spoke last week, my dear God, and that you would just glorify yourself in a mighty way. Father, I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Look at the person next to you and say, we're about to talk about some prayer. About about some prayer. Amen. Um, other than preach, <clears throat> um, my, my career or, or what I do on a daily basis, I'm a... I'm a I'm a social worker, so pray for me every single day. Um, but I share that to say I work for the Passaic County Board of Social Services, right? So what my job, my job consists of is determine, determining eligibility for food stamps, cash, and Medicaid. And each, each branch of that consists of different things, right? You, what, you might be eligible for one, but not eligible for the other. So I deal with all different kinds of clients. Um, some of them are crazier than others. But um, all of them, right, come with certain, certain circumstances to my job. Um, just recently, I had one, and I call him the angry client. Um, and the angry client, did this particular angry client, um, thankfully, I know a lot of people, especially church folk. So this angry client just happened to contact um, a, a chaplain that, that knows me, right? So the angry client called the chaplain, and he's like, I'm going to kill somebody. And I'm like, whoa, right? So, so he said, I'm going to kill my social worker. He's, he's messing with my benefits. He's messing with my account. See, because this is the thing that messes with me. Like, you ain't work for that money. You ain't really do anything for that money. So it isn't really an account. Right? It isn't Wells Fargo. It isn't Chase. It isn't any of these things. Like, we're just offering you some help. Um, But he wanted to kill me. He said he was going to come down to the board. And he was going to get close enough to stab me. And he's saying all this stuff. And I'm laughing, right? Like, I'm from the hood. I'm from Patterson. Like, it's hard for me to get scared. Like, pray for me, because sometimes you want to get scared, right? I mean, if there's a legit attack, you want to be able to run. Like, I think my feet would get glued... And, like, I, I just don't know how to run. Like, God, I don't know how to run. Right? So, so, um, <laughs> Lisa. He's pointing at Lisa. She's from <laughs> Brooklyn. Um, I saw where she used to live, and I, and I know. Um, but, you know, so I don't know how to run. So this angry client was saying all this nonsense, talking all this craziness, and what ends up happening when you're a social worker, almost always there's a reason to deny someone benefits. There's a way and there's a reason, right? But what I ended up doing was I transferred him to somebody else. So now my coworker's mad at me because he got the angry client, right? So, so that's the first type of client. The second type of client is the happy client, right? Now there's different reasons for a happy client being happy. But when you come to me and you're asking me for 140 a month, like who can really live off of 140 a month? Is there any, I, I can't live on 140 for like two days, like let alone a month, right? So if I see that you're extremely happy, you know, I I do my screens and then I find out that, you know, a lot of times there's a drug issue, right? And, And, and now I know why you're so happy. So like, like the minute before you step into my office, you did something and now you're just extremely happy. But I'd rather have the happy client than the, than the angry client, right? Like the angry client wants to stab me. The happy client just wants to smoke something with me. You know, they just different issues. Different issues, right? But then we have the bitter client. And this is the client that sits at my desk. And all he's doing is complaining about how the world is against him. The system is against him. The cops want to kill him. And, and, and everything is, you know, they're just bitter, they're bitter over the decisions that they have made in life and they want to pour that bitterness into me, right? But I'm going to get paid whether you get your benefits or not. So, so my job is to kind of allow them to vent, but could, to cut that venting to at least five minutes so I could get you off my desk because I got a whole bunch of other clients. Now we got the talkative client. Usually the talkative client belongs to one race. They ain't black. They ain't white. They're Latinos. And they sit at my desk and they think that by saying more, that they're going to get more. But the truth is, the more you talk, the more reasons I'm checking off as to why you're not eligible to receive benefits. And by the end of it, they're like, but I was being so honest with you. And I'm looking at them like, you know, the pastor in me is saying, praise God, you were honest. You know, but the social worker in me is like, you said way too much. You should have just cut it down at five minutes. I'm always going to stay at five minutes. You have the professional client. You know, this is the client that sits down. And the first thing they say is, I don't even know why I'm here. I shouldn't be here. But every job that I go to, I'm overqualified. So because I'm overqualified for all the jobs and I haven't been able to start my own business, I'm here to get my 140. That's the professional client. All of these clients, the angry client, the happy client, the bitter client, the talkative client, and the professional client, I don't want to help none of them. But there's one that I always want to help. And it's the truly hungry client. Right? And this is the client that will sit at my desk and I'm looking at his or her eyes. And in their eyes, I could see that they're holding back tears because they haven't had a meal. This is a client that has truly hit in hard times. And when they sit at my desk, they're like, I don't care what you need to know. I don't care what you need to verify. Whatever I need to do, you could even keep the cash. Just please give me my food stamps so that I could put something in my stomach. That client, I want to help. That client, I will go through loops. I I will try every single way possible to make sure that they get their benefits as soon as possible. Why? Because they're hungry. And there's nothing worse than being hungry. Right? So me as a social worker, when I see someone hungry, I'm like, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that you eat. I'm going to do everything in my power to take you from that state to a more positive state. Now, when it comes to prayer... And when it comes to God, there's also different people that pray. There's the person that prays, but he prays angry prayers. And this is the person that prays, and he wants God to kill people. He wants God to strike people. You know, God, this person hurt me, and and I know that you're not a God. You know, I know that you're a God of love, but I know that you love me more than you love her. So I'm praying in the name of Jesus, take him out is the angry prayer there's the happy prayer right and and everything is just happy 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 and and they're just praying just to pray and they're singing the songs and they're doing all that there's the bitter prayer person this is the person that hasn't allowed god to dig deep within them so all of their prayers are bitter and and they come into the presence of god and they cry for like 35 hours but they really never ever get around to praying Right? We, we also have the, the talkative prayer person. Oh man, we have so many of those. Right? They know all the names of God. Right? They start praying and they just yap, 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 yap. But they never allow God to speak to them. And prayer is supposed to be a two-way street. We have the professional prayer person. Right? This is the one that, that I, I, I'm just so good. I am... Pastor, Apostle, Evangelist, Teacher of the Nations. So I come to you in the name of the Lord and Father. I pr- you know, the professional prayer person. But then there's the person that prays and it's hungry. What does the prayer of a person that's hungry sound like? What is, what is it about a hungry person that not only moves this social worker, but I believe moves God. What is it about somebody that's hungry, that provokes an almighty God to move on that person's behalf? And and my task today is to show you that sometimes you don't need to know all the words. My task today is to help you understand that you don't have to have been in church for 12 years to be an effective prayer-er. I know that's not a word, right? I just made that up. Okay. Uh prayer person whatever but 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 i want to read from mark chapter 7 and and i'm actually using the new living translation for probably the first time in my life and um i want you guys to read with me it says then jesus left galilee and he went north to the region of tyre he didn't want anyone to know which house he was staying in but he couldn't keep it a secret The voice translation says, but people discovered his presence. It continues to say, right away, a woman who had heard about him came and fell at his feet. Her little girl was possessed by an evil spirit and she begged him to cast out the demon from her daughter. Since she was a Gentile, born in Syrian Pho- Phoenicia, Jesus told her, first I should feed the children, my own family, the Jews. It isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. That's, that's rough. Jesus called her a dog. And it wasn't like us, you know, what's up dog? Like it was, it was a bad, like he was he, was, he was, he called her a dog. We keep reading it says, she replied, that's true Lord, but even the dogs under the table are allowed to eat the scraps from the children's plates. Good answer, he said. Now go home, for the demon has left your daughter. And when she arrived home, she found her little girl lying quietly in bed and the demon gone. Look at the person next to you and say, All we got to do is be hungry. I found that one of the biggest issues in the church today is not sound systems. I found that one of the biggest churches of today is not space or the place where they they meet together to, to, to worship the Lord. I found that it's not pastors, it's not leadership. One of the biggest issues in the church today and what's keeping us from miracles and what's keeping us from power and what's keeping us from breakthroughs is the fact that the church is no longer hungry. What I found is that the church has convinced itself that we got it all together. What I found is that the church has convinced itself that, that, that we've made it, we've arrived. And, and Because I remember back in the day when I came to the Lord just a few years ago, about 21 years ago, I came to the Lord. And, and when we prayed, we really prayed. Right, There wasn't all this music, there wasn't a a worship service, it was just prayer. If there was music, you were lucky. If there was an AC, you were lucky. If there was a nice wooden floor, you were lucky. But we didn't care because we were hungry. We were hungry for the Lord. We were hungry for his presence. We needed God. See, you couldn't tell a 17-year-old that had just come out of hustling, a 17-year-old that just came out of that gangster type life that that, that church as always was enough. See, for me, church as always would, would never be enough. I needed God and I needed him bad. I was hungry. But then what happens five years later when you think you know something? What happens 10 years later where all of a sudden they slap a title on you? What happens 15 years later where all of a sudden people are calling you with invitations? What happened 21 years later when you've messed up on opportunities, you've lost a church, you've been through a divorce, but still you you got this gift of talking? All of a sudden you begin convincing yourself that because you got a gift, it's enough to not be hungry. And I've been asking God myself, this is, this is a message that God is ministering to me. Because I've been asking myself, Lord, why am I not seeing the miracles that I used to see? Why am I not seeing demon-possessed people trying to run out the temple when I'm preaching? Why am I not seeing people slain in the spirit like I used to see them? And we can blame the church all that we want. Or we can be real with ourselves and say, Lord, I need you to awaken some hunger inside of me. I'm hungry today. I stand before you and I'm hungry. I'm starving for more of God. I'm hungry for his presence like never before. I want to see God move. I want to see God touch. But I want him to do it in me first. I need him to do it in me first. I want him to shake me up. I want him to wake me up in the middle of the night. I want him to to, to mess me up while I'm working. I want to be typing something and I want God to be speaking to me. I want God to be shaking me. I want God to be breaking me. I want to be seeing a comedy and break out crying because I'm feeling the presence of almighty God. I want God to move in my life again. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. And this woman, it says that she she came, she it says Jesus left Galilee. He didn't want anyone to know where he was. But wherever Jesus goes, everybody knows it. Because the Bible says that 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 he, he wanted to keep it a secret, but people discovered his presence. People discovered his presence. There's a Spanish song, and my wife has she she's been killing me. Ignite, Ignite Church in New Jersey. We had our first Spanish service today. It was amazing. And, and it was crazy because in the morning I had to host, right? So, so I had to come up with this brief nugget to get people excited. And then I preached in the Spanish service and now I'm here. So it's like getting your mind to hear all the different voices is difficult, right? But, but in Spanish there's this song that, that it, it, it repeats and it says, Soy amante de su presencia. I'm a lover of his presence. And, and that's what I want to be. I want to be a lover of his presence. But not the presence of, that the church of the 21st century is a lover of. Because the church of the 21st century is a lover of his P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S. His presence. God, what can you give me? What can you do for me? I want this, I want that, and I want this, and I want it now. That's the church of the 21st century. But I want to be a lover of his presence. Presence. I want to be a lover of his P R E S E N C E. I want him because if he gives me things but I don't have him, I'm gonna waste the things. But if I have him and I receive the things, I'm gonna use the things to enhance the kingdom of God and not to enhance Jose Marquez. I want his presence. I'm hungry. Is there anyone here that's hungry? Like you know what I'm talking about. Be, you know, I'm hungry for His presence because I know that, that humans aren't enough anymore. Because people tell you they're here today, but then they're gone tomorrow. I'm hungry for His presence because He tells me that His presence shall never leave me. I'm hungry. Is that, who's hungry here today? It says, it says... Um, You know that this woman was from Tyre. Tyre was a neighboring city of a place called Sidon. And if we look in the Bible, there's two different places that mention Jesus being there. Mark chapter 3, verse 7 and 8 says, Meanwhile, Jesus and his followers traveled to the shore of the sea of Galilee. And as always, a huge crowd from Galilee and Judea gathered. People had come from miles to see this man. They were hearing so much about they came from the big cities including Jerusalem Judea Tyre and Sidon of Phoenicia right if we look at another verse Luke chapter 6 verse 17 and 18 it says and he came down we're testing you right now nice It says, and he came down with them and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon who came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. In other words, where this woman was from, Jesus had already been. And because Jesus had been there, the Bible says that when she heard he was coming, she came because she had heard of him. People will come to church if they begin to hear of Jesus, not of Christianity, of Jesus, not of church, of Jesus. I'm sick of tired of hearing people talking about when they converted to church. You don't convert to church. You become the church when you convert to Jesus. Jesus. That That's a confusion that's going on in so many people. See, because people convert to church and they know the songs, they know the system, they know when the church starts, they know when the church ends. But the minute that church finishes, their are Christianity finished. They punch in and they punch out. Why? Because you never gave your life to Jesus. You gave your life to an institution. I don't want an institution. I want a person and his name is Jesus. See, because I could take Jesus with me on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday and Saturday. And when I get together with all of y'all on Sunday, it's just an overflow of what my relationship with him has been doing the rest of the week. He was from Tyre and Sidon. And it says, it says um, you know, this woman heard of him. Right away, a woman who heard about him came and fell at his feet. I love that part. See, because sometimes we read scripture and we, and we jump right through it. Right? But, but it says when they're writing this story, they wrote it in the book of Matthew and they wrote it in the book of Mark. But none of them mentions her name. She was nameless. She was just a woman from out there somewhere. You know, a woman from Staten Island. A man from Staten you know, that, that got that dude from New York. That could be anybody. See, but none of that mattered. What mattered to the authors of the books was the fact that this woman was hungry for God, was hungry for a miracle, was hungry for Jesus to move on her behalf. And she came and immediately fell at his feet. This is this is encouraging to me and it should be encouraging to you because what it says is that when Jesus looks at you, he's not looking at your name, he's not looking at your last name, he's not looking at where you come from or where you've been or who's your father or who's your mother. The only thing that Jesus is seeing is what is his posture. When he comes to me, how does he come to me? When she comes to me, how does she come to me? Does she come to me as a professional Christian or does she come to me as somebody that's hungry? Does she come to me as someone that knows the Bible, Genesis through Revelation? Or does she come to me as somebody that needs to know what does save the Lord right now? I'm hungry I've done the Bible Institute. I've done, I've studied for about, uh, wow, like 11, 12 years of my, of my, of my Christian life. I've been into one school, into the other school and into another school, but none of that has satisfied my hunger. It helps me to know him and I thank God for my studies, but it doesn't satisfy the hunger that can only come when you decide to see God. Whether it be in your bedroom, whether it be under your bed, under a pillow, in the bathroom, in the living room, I don't know. Wherever it is that you choose to seek God. But a truly hungry person only comes on Sunday to be a blessing to somebody else. A truly hungry person has sought God like never before, Monday through Saturday. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. What would happen? If we didn't have a Bible, where would your knowledge of Jesus come from? Think about that. Think about the early church, because this blew my mind when I read it. The early church didn't have the New Testament. And yet they were being saved by the thousands. If they didn't have the New Testament the way we have it, what were they preaching? What were they sharing? Well, how were they bringing people to this Jesus that, and it wasn't the way that we try to bring people to Jesus. The reason that they were able to bring so many people to Jesus was number one, because they were hungry. But number two, because they had an experience. See, you You can't trade an experience for knowledge. There's a lot of people with knowledge, but they don't know Jesus. If you go to New York Theological Seminary, they have homosexuals teaching the Bible. What am I saying? Oh my God, he said that H word. Yes, I said it. I love him, but it's not something that God is pleased with. It's not something that Jesus condones. We love them. Jesus died for them. He died on the cross for them. But it's not something that, you know, it's not the ideal when it comes to God. But they're teaching the Bible. Why? Because they got knowledge, but they don't have an experience. We need people to arise that have had an experience with the Lord. Can I, can I talk about myself? I used to win more people when I had less knowledge. I'm throwing myself under there with the hopes that some of you will be real with yourself. I used to preach with more fervor when I had less knowledge but a closer relationship with the, with the Lord. I used to go on the streets of Patterson, New Jersey without a microphone, without a worship team, without equipment. And I used to proclaim Jesus Christ and people with AIDS used to be healed. People with cancer used to be healed. I didn't know what I know now, but I was hungrier. See, but I believe that at my, my young age of 38, that, that God is, has brought me to a place. He's brought me to a season of my life where he's telling me, you can continue being a Christian or you could become a citizen of the kingdom of God and begin seeking me like never before. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm so hungry. I'm hungry for more. I'm hungry for His presence. I, I, I could care less about knowing things. I know enough, but I want to know Him. I want to know Him. And the only way to know Him is by being hungry for Him. Hungry for His presence. And the only way you demonstrate hunger for His presence is when you pray and when you fast. That cannot be replaced by anything else. But we've replaced it. We'll turn on the TV and let the TV entertain us with like four different preachers and we call it seeking. Man, I sound so old school right now. (laughs) <laughs> man i sound like i used to sound right now but the truth is god is stirring something up in me god is shaking something up in me and he's telling me you know what enough is enough it's time to bring the church back to its knees because the bible says if my church which is called by my name were to humble themselves and pray i will hear from heaven and heal their land where we want the cops to stop doing what they doing we need to begin searching we need to begin praying we need to begin binding trump isn't the answer hillary ain't the answer jesus is the answer and we are the answer but we got to pray we gotta get hungry we gotta get hungry we gotta get hungry we gotta get hungry for more of god have you ever seen someone that's hungry i was in patterson one time and i was by white castle don't judge me and um You know, some of y'all just got hungry. But it's a different kind of hunger. (laughs) And God stopped me. And He said, Look at that man. And there was a man digging in the garbage. He was just digging for a meal. God said, Man, if my church were to be that way. I said, Hold up, hold up. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Be like that? And God said, Yeah. Because that man's only concern is getting fed. He doesn't care what he looks like to somebody else. He just want a meal right now. He doesn't care how he looks. He doesn't care how he smells. He doesn't care the opinions of everybody around him. The only thing he cares about is feeding his his flesh, is feeding himself. What would happen in the church if we stopped caring about what the person next to us would say about our seeking God? What would happen if we stopped caring about our spouse getting in the well? no would no. you you pray too much you getting crazy no the more i pray the better it is for you now if you want to go see tv go see tv go do your thing boo i'm gonna see god because i need his presence up in this house we gotta get hungry and there's no other way to preach this there's no nice way to say it there's no nice way to wake up somebody that's been sleeping for 20 or 30 years Sometimes you just gotta shake somebody up. Shake them up. And Paul said it it's time for you to wake up from your slumber. It's time for the church to wake up and get hungry again. Get hungry. Take take the forget the titles. Listen to me. Titles mean nothing. Pastor Roe knows me for so long. I used to preach every single weekend until I left the organization I was in. The minute I said, I don't no longer want to be part of this organization, I didn't say Christ. I said the denomination, the organization. The minute I said that, nobody else was inviting me. Why? I was still the same preacher, but I wasn't part of the team. I wasn't a blood or a crip denominations are worse than gangs sometimes if if you're a part of the clique they love you the minute you step out they can't stand you they don't know you you're dead see but when you're hungry you don't care when you're hungry you could be a john the baptist and be sent out to the desert by god and god telling you i'm gonna bring the crowd to you instead of making you go to the crowd we need to stop being people pleasers and begin being god seekers Oh, man, God is messing with me today. See, but but this woman, you know, it says that she heard of him. And faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of Christ. If you want to get somebody hungry, give them Jesus, not religion. Religion makes people throw up. It makes me throw up. I can't stand religion. I can't stand somebody looking at me talking about, no, no, you can't be a preacher because you know, you got ink or, you know, you, you got jeans and I don't know, whatever it is that they say, I don't need none of that. I know who Jesus is. I know what Jesus did for me. I know how much he loves me. So what you think of me matters, ma- matters very little. Very little. I don't care anymore. I, 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 I really don't. I don't need people to like me. Because I've figured out that as long as I'm passionately in love with Jesus, people that are seeking Jesus will passionately love me. Thank you. I love you too. I'm almost finished. I'm almost finished. I'm looking at... You're the man, bro. Wow, that has roll all over. Amen. Like I said, um, Luke talks about this woman, but Matthew talks about her as well, right? So I want to use the Matthew text because it brings out certain little details that the other one didn't bring out. And if we go to Matthew, it says, Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying. When was the last time you cried? Out to God. I'm going to let you think about that real quick. Now, when was the last time you prayed? Because, you know, some of us did that whole, Jesus, thank you for this morning. I'm on my way to church. Let our car get there safely. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm talking about cried. When was the last time that you cried out to God? Somebody asked me a question one time that blew me away. And they said, what was the last thing that you received Simply by faith. Not your job. Not the overtime. Not the hustle. Simply by faith. Yo, y'all got so quiet. That's so cool. (laughs) This woman began to cry out. And look what she says. She says, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. When she came at Jesus, she knew who Jesus was. See, because the minute she said, son of David, have mercy on me. She was calling him a king. if you're going to ever pray effectively the first thing you have to understand is that you're not praying to a Jesus that's hanging on a cross looking all weak and sickly no when you pray you're praying to a king who's seated at the right hand of God the father when he's strong and he's mighty and he's all powerful above every principality above every power above every name that can be named that's where he's at right now and when you pray You got to pray from that position. You got to pray from that position because the Bible says in Ephesians 2 6 that you are seated with him in heavenly places. See, but we're so used to praying from altars that we don't understand that we're supposed to be praying at the throne. Not an altar, it's at the throne. Altars can be washed away. Altars are memorials, but altars don't speak into my future. Only a throne speaks into my future. It says... Let us therefore come to the throne of grace that we might receive help in our time of need. It's at the throne that we're supposed to be praying, not at an altar. An altar demands sacrifice while a throne demands praise. But we'd rather give our little sacrifices when the Bible says I'm not demanding a sacrifice. All I want is a broken heart. All I want is somebody that's hungry. All I want is somebody to take off their own crown and lay it at my throne and say, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty. I need people that know how to pray at the throne. Esther knew how to pray at the throne. She says, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is oppressed. Check out verse 23. But he did not answer her a word. Wow. I almost electrocuted myself. What do you do? When God doesn't answer your prayer, what do you do when you've prayed the right way, right? You're like, the Bible says that if I pray anything according to His will, I will have it in Christ Jesus. The Bible says, anything that you ask for in my name, it is yours. You know, we get all these select little verses up, but what do you do when God doesn't answer and you're hungry? See, I've seen this happen at work where people come in, they meet all the requirements, they're starving, literally starving to death, and we can't help them. You know what they do? They don't stay home. They don't, they don't stay be, You know, behind closed doors. They keep coming. They keep knocking. They keep calling until we move. And if I don't move, they call my supervisor. If my supervisor doesn't move, they call my administrator because they're hungry. What will you do when you don't get your answer the bible says seek and you will find ask and you shall receive knock and the door will be open to you in other words you gotta keep on knocking you gotta keep on praying you gotta keep on seeking until you see that the hand of God moves <sighs> didn't give it a word and his disciples came and begged him saying send her away Because she's crying out after us. So then he tells her, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him saying, Lord, help me. Help me. Pastor Roe, it wasn't a deep prayer. All she said was, help me. She, you know, that whole son of David stuff, you know, she, that didn't get a response. So this time she came real, as real as she could come. And the Bible says she knelt beside him and said, Lord, help me. Help me. See, when we pray something that's simple and God moves, it's because our heart is in the right place finally. When we get to a place that we get it, when we get to a place that we understand, Lord, I'm powerless. If it's not for your grace, I'm done. If you don't move, ain't nothing moving. If you don't save, ain't no one being saved. Lord, if you don't move right now, I got my kids right now that aren't serving the Lord. So I'm before the throne of God every single day. And I'm like, Lord, help me. Touch my kids. Save my kids. Do whatever it is that you got to do. But Lord, help me help me some of us need to stop trying to work out our own marriage and we need to start praying a little more because the more we try to help out our own marriage the more we're messing it up we need to get down on our knees and say lord help me she said lord help me but check it out but he answered it's not right to take the children's bed and throw it to the dogs That's three times that she's basically not answered. And look what she says Yes, Lord, but even the dog eats, even dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. This is the response of somebody that's hungry. What she was basically saying was, I might not get the whole sandwich, but if I could get a few crumbs. I might not understand the whole revelation, but if I could just get a little bit more. What she was praying was the prayer of a hungry woman. She was praying the prayer of a woman with an issue of blood for 12 years who the doctors could not give her what she needed. And, and at the end of the day, what, it, what she ends up getting is a response from God himself. And she touched His hem of his cloak because she was saying, I'm, I'm not going to be able to get as close as I want to get. But if I could just touch him, all you need are the crumbs. When you're hungry, when you're hungry, all you need are the crumbs. Lord, just, I don't care. Just give me the crumbs that fall from your table. Just give me the crumbs. But are you hungry enough to pray that way? Are you hungry enough to say Lord I might not like how the answer looks but as long as you answer I know everything else is going to be okay. Lord I know that I'm praying for a house but, but, and you might not answer me and maybe you'll send me the crumbs that fall from your table but maybe the crumbs are an apartment full of peace but you want a house full of strife and bills. God is saying if you come hungry, that's the only way you can leave satisfied. He says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. You ever went to a buffet on a full stomach? that's the worst mistake you can do is wasted money see but there's people that go into the presence of God full of themselves and you come talking about all the things that you did well Jesus you gotta bless me because I haven't failed none of my tithes full of yourself but how many of you ever went to a buffet hungry yo that's like heaven on earth bro like yeah ain't nothing like going to a buffet hungry and you can pick what you want that's what happens when you go before the presence of God hungry when you go before the presence of God hungry instead of seeing what you can eat you're seeing everything, all the opportunities in front of you when you go before the presence of God hungry and you're praying and you're like Jesus I'm hungry you don't care what his answer looks like as long as it's his answer. Is there anybody hungry this morning? Can we stand? Can we stand? We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhowcom slash give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.